Stay fly. Stay fly. And to make uh, the Pamunky do right, there is no acceptable level of racism. Period. 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 I want you to give us a, a little information on the black laws. What are the black laws? The tribe denies that it's racist says it does not have sovereign immunity to shield itself from someone bringing a civil action involving discrimination. Can I go before the tribe, you know, the, the voting population and sit down and they ask me questions or they can walk through my genealogy? You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Bold School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Beach Brothers Show, the Get On Code Fly Guy Show, and a conversation on the Hampton Roads Black Caucus. So, yeah, this is a combination of three different shows today. The Beach Brothers Show, and we have a good brother, Conrad Chesvener from the Beach Brothers Show with me. Good All right. Um, also, the Fly Guy Show, Get On Code with the Fly Guy Show. Of course, I'm your host for that, Seiko Varner. We have with us the beautiful Jackie Glass. She's back on the platform tonight. What's up? She's one of the fly folk. How you doing, Jackie? <laughs> hey, hey, thank you for that uh, adjective. I appreciate it. I'm not feeling real beautiful right now, but we're going to try to keep it funky. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you don't see what we see. And we also have with us a beautiful Jasmine Anderson. And uh, she's actually the reason that we all came together today. Um, Jackie recently had a press conference heart, in the heart of city of Norfolk. Salute to NVA, Norfolk VA. Was it Shark City? Salute to Shark City. And at that press conference, they discussed the upcoming casino that's happening, the casino vote for November 3rd. You know, if we're going to support the casino that's uh, proposed to come to the great city of Norfolk, Virginia. That particular casino is being fronted by the Pamunkey tribe. And that's where Jasmine comes in. So we'll definitely get a chance to bring her into the conversation. And so the conversation is really about the Pamunkey tribe, the black laws that they used to enforce and they may st still be enforcing. And should uh, the melanated people in the city of Norfolk, should we support a casino when it may not necessarily support us? That's what we're going to talk about today. Jackie, tell us a little bit about the protest, the press conference, the showmanship so, that you showed the other day. So let me say that press conference was really about um, one particular piece of many sort of substandard pieces as we talk about the whole deal coming together. And the, the press conference the other day was really us us, me in particular, stepping away from the no campaign and really and bringing light to the issue of the practices of the cities of city of Norfolk's preferred operator. Now, this um, topic came to me almost over a year ago on September 24, 2019. We had a young man come to a city council meeting. when We were just learning that, that we were going to vote about this casino, talk about the tribe and say, hey, this tribe has some racist values like you guys really need to take a look into them and and it kind of jarred me a little bit and i was like you know this couldn't be 
not that it couldn't be true, but I'm a trust but verify kind of person. So I ended up looking and then ended up finding that there were other people coming forward saying, hey, you guys, do you understand what a city that is 43, 43% black supporting a, a group or going into business with a group of folks that um, don't too much care for us? And that matters for a variety of reasons, but it matters the most to me because it ain't right. And so aside from the casino, um, the de- casino deal, we have a we have a problem where there is racial discrimination happening. And that ain't that's not right anywhere it sits. And so personally, I just can't I cannot back down from it like it's not this is for me. This is not going to stop whether there's a casino or not, because there is a there is a level of justice that needs to be served. Um, And that that was only I was only able to key in and tune into it and really hone into it because of Jasmine. Jasmine's story was told in Richmond. Thankfully, somebody was brave enough to sort of really, you know, understand the the years of of pain and trauma of trying to find a way to get her family recognized. And I don't know that any of us can, you know, as a person that I don't know my heritage, but I couldn't imagine me knowing who I am and someone telling me, you can't claim that. (laughs) I I could, I couldn't imagine it. And so it, on a, on a moral level, it's just so unjust. And as a, as a kindred spirit and saying like, don't matter what you, what doesn't matter what Jasmine claims to be, racial discrimination is wrong and the fact that her family came forward and did amazing things for black people um and and is being wiped away from her indigenous heritage is not something that i think anyone should sit down on i don't think that's someone that anyone should go into business with so this is purely about what is happening to jasmine family and so many other families that have had ties to black people um, and are unable to claim their indigenous heritage. It is a, as you said, it is a, it is theft of their birthright. That's what this is about. Right. Uh, Before we go into the conversation, I want to show a little video clip that kind of describes what happened last uh, last week. The Indian tribe that would operate a Norfolk casino is facing allegations of racism. An indigenous woman made the claims against the Pamunkey people. Tonight on your side's Chris Horn has the controversy. If voters approve it, the Pamunkey tribe would operate a casino and hotel complex on this site near Harbor Park. Well, indigenous woman Jasmine Anderson says that laws that were first enacted 150 years ago are standing between her and her ancestors becoming a member of that tribe. The black law was supposedly repealed in 2014, yet it remains in force against me, my family, and others like us. Black laws were enacted right after the Civil War in Virginia and other southern states as a way to suppress African Americans. Anderson points to this 1999 letter as evidence they're still in effect. The tribe denies that and says African Americans are part of Pamunkey life. And there is evidence that there are uh, biracial relationships and children of biracial relationships currently uh, members of the tribe and even living on the reservation. Anderson says her ancestors were banished from the tribe shortly after the Civil War for providing free education to newly freed slaves. The tribe says it has even recently expanded the list of historical tribal members to create more opportunity for modern-day membership. Pamunkey's last reform is nothing more than a repackaging of its revisionist racist history. 
Anderson's press conference was organized by Jackie Glass, the community activist that leads the opposition group Informed Norfolk. The tribe denies that it's racist and says it does not have sovereign immunity to shield itself from someone bringing a civil action involving discrimination. Want to file a lawsuit? They absolutely can, just like any other private company. Again, the voters will get their say on a November referendum ballot that's coming up on the 3rd of November. In the meantime, at 6, we asked the woman who's leveling these charges of racism against the Pamunkey tribe whether she'd support a casino and hotel located here near Harbor Park by the tribe that she says is racist. And I think that's a great lead in to Jasmine. Uh, So, Jasmine, would you support the great city of Norfolk having a casino headed by the Pamunkey tribe? Um, well, I support the city of Norfolk by purchasing something from like a local restaurant. Absolutely. But would I go to the casino? Absolutely not. That's literally like me giving money to someone who just called me like a racial slur or something. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. That's like, you know, the bully is terrorizing you all day at lunch and then you go buy them a birthday gift for the birthday party on Saturday. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I would never do that. And I would not... You know, if people really cared about, you know, racial equality and getting rid of systematic uh, oppression, I don't think that they would support the casino either. I mean, because if the KKK was putting a casino up in Norfolk, would you support it? I mean, that's essentially how I view it. And I will say that it's not all tribal members, but it certainly is the tribal government. And silence is consent. And I know that there are tribal elections coming up I'm the first week in November, so I hope that members keep that with them when they're voting on their leadership for the tribe, because this literally has been traumatizing. And you don't think that you would be having this conversation in 2020, especially with people have so much um, access to knowledge at their fingertips to educate themselves. You don't think that you would still be needing to have these sorts of conversations, but apparently that they're still needed. Um, And another thing that has been so concerning is that I have been reaching out to papers for years, like trying to get help, trying to get someone to show attention. I've reached out to the governor's office. I've reached out to senators. Um, And essentially, you know, I had to go out of state to find a representative that not only cared about um, Indian country, but also cared about um, people of color. Because I wasn't making, I wasn't getting anywhere in Virginia trying to get help. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, I'm not surprised that this is happening in 2020. I've known about the black laws. I, I tell you, a good brother of mine by the name of Frederick Jones Ill and I did a three part series. You can find that on YouTube called The Indian Problem. And in The Indian Problem, interestingly enough, we started doing that in. Ooh, uh, maybe about six months ago and you ended up being highlighted in two of our series and so when I got a chance to meet you in person you know I was like yeah I'm with you sis because we've been talking about this particular situation for over six months and it's not just the Pamunkey it's the Muskegee it's the Creek Nation it's the Muskegee Creek Nation it's happened with my family with the Cherokee Nation where uh, those of us who shared African ancestry were excluded 
they were called uh, freedmen, and then they were not allowed to benefit from some of the federal benefits the federal government has given to some of the uh, five civilized tribes, to use that crazy term, five civilized tribe. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say five civilized tribe, look it up. Um, these are the the native groups who um, worked with the federal government, they also enslaved African people. And in many cases, they received some of the federal benefits that some, I said some, of the uh, native groups have received uh, in the forms of reparations. So it's not just the Pamunkey, but it's something that we can stop right now. So Conrad, one of my good brothers from the Beast Brothers show. Should the city of Norfolk support the casino if the Pamunkeys still have some issues? Based on um, the current breakdown, no, because of the Pamunkey involvement. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be against a casino as a general concept, but this development from this group, with this um, bad nature, I guess, behind it, is something you would you know need to look a little further more into. We'll perhaps come back to a casino later. All right, so you're saying possibly voters in Norfolk vote no, and that no is a not now, and mm-hmm. we're waiting for the Pamunkey tribe to work their issues out. What are those issues that they need to work out? Um, because I understand that they've made some strides. Some laughable changes, and I'll let Jasmine speak to that, but I think it's really important to note when it comes down to this issue, Jasmine has been at this for years. This is not about getting some sort of benefit of being in the tribe, other than the fact that she will have an aunt. Aunt Lucy will be able to claim her heritage, that her uncle will be able to claim their heritage, like their, their, I've heard claims of like, what she just, what, she, what does she want? It's what many of us want. We want, we want to be whole. We want to be who we are. We want our families to be whole. And and this is a moral issue. Um, and on, on top of that, I think it's important to, well, I'm not, I, actually, I won't even get into that. But Jasmine, I know you can speak to, I'm laughing at these sorts of things in a way that it's frustrating, <laughs> laughing, laughing out of frustration, because we can do something as simple as Conrad just, Conrad just said, I'd look more into it. And in the great state of Virginia, all they had to do was look up who the heck Jesse Dunsey was, right? That's one of her, her relatives and see that he is documented in our Virginia state history as a Pamunkey and black and white man. They can look up William Brisby and see that he is documented. Both of these guys were state legislators and you can't find them on any of the documentation that Jasmine's going to tell you about that they claim they did updates. You can't find their family names and that's ridiculous. A simple, just a little, put a little bit of work into this and you'll find that, wow, that doesn't make sense. This guy was elected to our state legislator and we haven't him in our legislator, both of them as as Pamunkey and black and and in Jasmine case, black, white and Pamunkey. And we can't find them in any of these documents that say that Jasmine's trying to enroll in. That makes no freaking sense. So, Jasmine, you can talk about those updates. So it has been a long um, for me, like the, the easiest way that I can describe what's been going on is there, there's that commercial, you know, where the guy's holding the dollar on like the fishing pole and he's like, oh, I caught you a dollar. And then every time she gets close to grabbing the dollar, he like snatches it back. and He's like, oh, I got, you know, try it again. And that's what's been going on with my enrollment situation, essentially. 
So I applied back to um, initially when the former chief Kevin Brown was chief and they were being looked at by the Congressional Black Caucus and, and, you know, letters were going around between the tribe and the Department of the Interior and the Department of Justice and members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Um, I reached out to former chief Brown and I called him and I said, you know, I'm getting questions um, because at the time my aunt was um, working in Congress and was involved with the Congressional Black Caucus. And she knows that we're Pamunkey. And she said, hey. Did they really get rid of the law? Because obviously we weren't enrolled at the time. So I called the chief and I asked him specifically, I said, will my family be able to get enrolled? Because, you know, we were not included because of the black law. And he said, absolutely. You know, I've changed the law. Your family will be allowed to come back. And so that's what I went back to my aunt and said. So after and then, you know, when I talked to him about us enrolling, he said, you know, the roles are closed because, you know, we're, you know, under the process, you know, we can't let anybody back on because they're going through our documents right now. And then once the roles reopen after we're, you know, we've completed the process, um, you'll be able to get a role. So I said, okay, shortly after that, you know, shortly, um, shortly after the tribe received federal recognition, um, uh, former chief Brown was out as chief. Um, it's rumored that it had something to do with the casino. Um, I've not seen those documents, but that's just what I'm told. And so I, again, I applied when the roles were open and I was rejected based off the 1900-1910 census. So I was told I could appeal. So I appealed and I said, you know, based off, you know, the, the issues with the black law and things like that, my family's not on the census, but here we are, like here are collateral ties because I'm also a Collins um, and my Collins family was on there, um, but I wasn't. So I was like, you know, maybe they'll do some sort of collateral. Um, although I'm, you know, here in 1850, I'm not here in 1900, but you know, my family maintained ties. They denied it. So my next attempt came when they said, you know what? If you can show that your family lived here before the 1900s, you'll can, you know, we'll use that as your criteria. We'll consider you for enrollment based off that. They made me pay the enrollment, you know, um, fee, which is like 50 or 60 bucks to submit a ma- an application. And so I submitted everything, including the Col- Colossi church record, which the tribe used as part of their petition. The Colossi church records say like 1832 Dungey Indian Town, you know, and there's another Dungey and realistically it's probably the men because women couldn't hold land on the reservation. And it had us specifically as living in Indian Town, which which according to the tribe in the 1830s, Pamunkey um, Indian Town was an exclusive Pamunkey community. And so when I sent the proof of the Colossi records, which are records that they used in, in their petition for federal acknowledgement, although it conveniently left out my family, um, they denied my application and said, you don't meet the 1900-1910 census requirement. And so now they have this new criteria, which is, you know, if you tie back to um, OFA's list of historic Pamunkeys, you know, they'll do that. But they chose that criteria knowing that my family was not on there. Okay, because the chief and the council have my genealogy from my youngest daughter, who was born in 2015, back to the 1700s. He knew exactly what criteria to use to keep my family off. And last year, I had a conversation with the former chief. And I said, you know, I'm looking through these records with my attorney. 
And I'm noticing that although we're on the actual record um, at the Historical Baptist Society, because they have the original Colossi Church records, there's two volumes, they have them. It says that my family specifically is an Indian town. An Indian town at that time was the Pamunkey Reservation. And he said, you know, your family and other families were cut from the list that we sent as potential base members to the Office of Federal Acknowledgement. So I knew last year that it was like an intentional, systematic, like erasure. Like we're invisible as far as Oaf was concerned. The Dungey family just does not even exist in relation to Pamunkey. And so when I got word this year that they were going to change the enrollment criteria, but nobody was really sure what they were going to change it to. It was just rumors. Oh, they're going to change it. They said they're going to change it. I told my attorney, I said, they're going to change it to the OFA findings. And she was like, how do you know? And I said, because my family's not on that list. And they know my family's not on that list because they excluded my family to make sure that my family would not be on that list. And that's exactly what he changed it to. Wow. Wow. And it's intentional, you know, when he is educating people in the tribe and he's telling them that I am, you know, not Pamunkey or he found some book that said Jesse Dungy was black. And there are a lot of records in Virginia that say a lot of us are black. And that was part of the issue when a lot of these tribes went to seek federal recognition because of the eugenics movement. And essentially you could only be black or white or colored or white. So, you know, that argument used against me could be easily used against them. And in fact, it was used against them when they were going for federal recognition. So it's just one, a lack of knowledge. And then two, it's honestly at this point, it just it's, it's flat out racism, because if he was really if the chief and the council were really trying to address this issue, then they would have met with me. I have tried to meet with them for a year. Totally ignore me. I said, you know, can I sit down with you? Can we go over these records? Can I go before the tribe, you know, the, the voting population and sit down and they ask me questions or they can walk through my genealogy. And, you know, he said, the council doesn't want to meet with you. And I also, um, it's, it's good to note that the third time that I did went through the process. So the initial application, the appeal, and then I applied entirely again. Um, the tribe uh, employee, she's uh, her name is Dr. Ashley Spivey. The chief allowed her to be involved in my um, application for the, the third one. And, you know, she's an anthropologist. She got her doctorate from William and Mary. She's familiar with my family. She knows that my family has been coming. The Dungeons specifically go to the reservation every year that the tribe, that the that my family holds their family reunion in the state. They always go to the reservation, um, go to the museum and things like that. So I go to um, Dr. Spivey's house with my mom and I bring my like 200 page application essentially is what I submit to the tribe. I mean, it's really like, you know, all my records to my daughter all the way back, census records, birth, marriage, death records, petitions. There was one petition with my relative, John Dungy. 72 white men signed it and attested that he was an aborigine of this dominion of King William County. He's been here. His forefathers have been here. And the reason he was going to get, they were trying to kick him out of the state is because he married a newly freed woman who was the um, daughter of a plantation owner and a slave. And so he wanted to marry their mulatto child. And then, you know, their marriage was considered illegal because he was identified as being Indian and she was not. And so they wanted them to relocate. And the 72 white men signed and said, no, we need him here. He's a captain, he navigates the waters. 
you know, we need him to stay here. So please allow them to stay in the state. And so I submitted that petition. I, I submitted um, a book written, pages from a book written by John Riley, who was a teach, who went to the Hampton Institute and was also a teacher at the Indian School. And in fact, Dungey Street in Norfolk is named after him because he was a lawyer, he was an administrator, he was a teacher. And they left all of that out of the petition. Wow. And, and on top of that, how does that make you like this? This is the issue is that Jasmine is stating facts with receipts. And then I look at it as a resident of the city of Norfolk and I say, OK, if my business partner told me that there was these practices way back when and that it was all fixed when we first went to the table, then why six months before the election they are saying, OK, we updated. We're not it's not it's not what it used to be like that doesn't raise any flags. That doesn't say like that doesn't say anything that in May or June, whenever they made this update, that they had to make a daggum update that we're claiming that all, all everything was good. Like to me, it just does not compute. Like, oh, OK, that was OK. That was that that other thing that was right. OK, we you call it was racist. It was it was by it was it was discriminated. We gonna fix it. Why are you fixing something you told me that was already good to go? That makes no sense. Sounds Absolutely. And, and it's upsetting. I was, I know, but I know I like kind of started speaking when they had their spokesperson speaking, right? Who was like, to my knowledge, not indigenous, knows nothing of what's going on. Even when he was speaking, he kind of seemed like he was caught off guard with a lot of the stuff that I was saying. And so he talks about there's evidence of biracial relationships on the reservation and biracial children. One, using somebody's child as a token is is wrong in general and, and it's reaching because there's a history about that that I won't get into that I also have evidence of but with respect to the child's mother and the child herself because they're both really kind people I think it's inappropriate to get into it but I will talk about the biracial relationship that he mentioned and it's safe to say because that's the woman that Chief Gray mentioned in his letter to Congresswoman Winmore and they're referencing her biracial her relationship with a biracial man before her boyfriend moved on to the reservation, she lived in a house. She had her dog and she lived there by herself. She wrote a letter that I submitted to Congress, to Congresswoman Goodmore, that detailed some of the things that the tribe was, you know, what she had experienced in her own family, what she's witnessed since she moved to the reservation. And the tribe found out about it and they retaliated against her. She had to get rid of her dog. She's not allowed to have a dog ever again on the reservation. And they also took away her voice and vote and charged her with, um, I believe it was disloyalty or something like that. They, and so she's, she's not even able to vote in this upcoming election. And there's also something that there's not a single black Indian that holds land on the reservation that's able to, to vote. So, wow. There, wow. That, Thing. So I wasn't going to really talk on that part, but just listening to that, oh, there's biracial. I mean, it's like when somebody says something extremely racist and then they're like, oh, it's not, I'm not racist. I got a black friend. You know, that's like, the last, that's like the last pool, you know, like it's like, oh, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. So they're trying to walk it back. Like, no, 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 it's cool. I promise. My friend said I could say the N word. I mean, it's just. Like, that's the kind of things that I'm seeing from this. And it's like, just address the problem. And it shows the level of, like, racism and hatred that they're just literally doing everything they can 
and accept, address the issue of them system, systematically removing my family from the documents that they sent to the Bureau of Indian Affairs, to the Office of um, Federal Acknowledgement. Wow, wow. And there's nothing holding them to those lists. They could have done a waiver for my family, although they should have needed a waiver because they should have included my family mm-hmm. in the petition, but they could have since given a waiver. Um, they're sovereign. So they could have said, you know what, Jasmine, you, your family, you guys are Pamunkey, come home. And that's all that this is about for me. You know, right. I'm, not, I'm not looking to get anything from the tribe. I've been trying to get enrolled for a long time, but they had the black law on the books. You know what I'm So it's just like we waited till they got rid of the law. And that's when we started trying because it had been enforced. And, you know, what they show on the news is they show this thing, but they're kind of talking about something that's not even relevant in the letter. But is relevant is that Bob writes this, Bob, who's the current chief, writes this letter to Congresswoman Gwen Moore, January 2019. And what he says to it, um, he's addressing what Katie wrote in her letter that I submitted to Congress. And he says, with regards to the tribe's past law, it has been formally repealed. Moreover, and more importantly, to my knowledge, it has not been enforced. Although Ms. Katie McCormick acknowledges that the law has been repealed, her claim that was not properly her claim is that it was not properly repealed as a matter of tribal law is without merit. She claims that it was enforced as late as 2011 in a case of Marcy and Lori Harris, who, according to Ms. McCormick, married African-American men and therefore were banished from the reservation. The tribe vehemently denies this allegation. The Harris's departure from the reservation was nothing to do with tribe board's laws. Rather, we believe it represents a personal family member. He goes on to say that the children are enrolled in the tribe, but he did it one. He flat out, in my opinion, was dishonest with the congresswoman because he was on actual council, tribal council, along with other members of the current tribal council when the law was actually enforced. And I have the letter here that is written from the tribe. It's on tribal letterhead. And it says. Um. Why are you looking that up? Why are you looking that up? I wanted to bring another person into the conversation uh, very quickly. And before I bring him in, I have to do a disclaimer. Got to do a quick disclaimer. All right. So if we use the term African-American or if we use the term black, we're not talking about a color, a hair texture, or origin, a city, a state, a country, a nation, or a planet called black. We're not talking about a crayon color. And we're not using the term to address one's legal status or nationality. All right. I say that because we have the good brother Frederick Jones L on the show today with us. And Frederick and I, has uh, we did a couple of discussions on the Indian problem. And Fred, so you got a chance to talk about Jasmine's situation very quickly before she goes into that letter. I want you to give us a, a little information on the black laws. What are the black laws? Period, period, period. 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 Yeah, no problem. Uh, but before I get into that, why do you always have to share that disclaimer? That disclaimer before you bring me on, like I'm gonna muddy the waters with a whole bunch of stuff that's just totally irrelevant to what the topic is. You know, I'm not gonna do that to you or to the guests. So, All right. Uh, yeah. So, so basically, to um, answer what you just asked. Uh, so I found Miss Anderson's story in a 
a local paper uh, where I am called the Philadelphia Tribune, which is supposed to be the oldest uh, so-called black newspaper in Philadelphia. So I found uh, her story and I think the title of the article was called Vestiges of Black Laws, something to that effect. And it was the article was from March the 6th of uh, 2020. So I found an article and I found an article like it in a publication called the, uh, the Tulsa News, right, which is Tulsa, Oklahoma. And both the stories just showed how melanated people, for lack of a better way to uh, uh, label us, were being disenfranchised by uh, federally recognized uh, so-called Indian tribes or tribes that aren't federally recognized but are tribes. And I just wanted to show that it was something that was happening all across the board and it just wasn't isolated. Uh, like the um, the Muscogee Creek Nation was doing the same thing that's happening to Miss Anderson to their so-called black members who who call themselves the Creek Freedmen. I'm not sure if that's what they call themselves or if that's what the uh, Muscogee Creek Nation has labeled them as, but it's been happening to them, the same thing that's been happening to Miss Anderson. And we also know that the, the so-called black members of the Seminoles in 2017 sued their respective tribe uh, on the same grounds that the Creek Freedmen is suing the Muscogee Creek Nation and the so-called black members of the Seminoles their claim had standing and they had to be compensated and um, you know the court made an order to see that these individuals were treated fairly you see as far as what their standing was um, with that tribe so I was just sharing articles just to show how some of these other groups have a tendency to have this we shall overcome attitude out in the public but really that's not what they're demonstrating and practicing. You see what I'm saying? So I was just uh, sharing it with my dear brother just to show that it's widespread. It's widespread. Um, a lot of these people aren't one-tenth of the documents that they claim to stand on, whether it be the Constitution of the United States of America, the various tribal constitutions, the treaties, because we know that the Constitution and the treaties are supreme. So I was just sharing Again, with the brother, things just to show that that uh, we're being disenfranchised across the board, not just within the jurisdiction of the uh, USA. So, yep. I say, yep. I say, thank you for that. So, Sister Jasmine, if you can tap back in, you were getting ready to read a little bit of a letter. And Brother Conrad, um, we have guests that are tapping in. So, guests, viewers, Feel free to leave comments, ask questions. We'll address them on the screen. But Brother Conrad, you're learning more and more about the situation. Let's say you're on city council in Norfolk. Now, I know you're running for city council in Virginia Beach. But let's say you're on city council in Norfolk. Mm -hmm. What would you do when you were presented with this type of information? And I'm asking this question to say that the city council members in Norfolk may want to follow what you're about to say. I would, uh, as of right now, put uh, uh, underline under the word no for the project because it is clearly not open and inclusive, not the way it should be. Uh, but again, this would be a project I would want to come back at a later time as long as this specific issue gets resolved out because it's clearly having underlying racial problems that are a little too glaring. 
a little too glaring, a little too glaring. So, Jasmine, why don't you read to us that uh, that letter that you were talking about? It is dated um, September 8th, 1999, and it says, Dear Miss Harris, this is in response to your request for the Pamunkey Tribal Government to review its decision to deny tribal membership to you and your three sons. The Pamunkey Tribe has reviewed its decision as you requested. The decision has been made to provide membership cards for your sons, um, Robert Craig Davis and Jason Christopher Davis. The request for you and your son, Matthew Evan Harris, is denied in accordance with our present laws. You and your son, Matthew Evan Harris, are not recognized as tribal members. This represents the final decision of the Pamunkey Tribal Council. Um, and also, you know, Miss um, Lori got this letter that the current chief, Robert Gray, never thought I would get because just like um, Katie, who received retaliation, everyone else there... Um, who may want to speak out or even members that are not on the reservation who want to speak out are afraid to because they're afraid of receiving retaliation. Because I do have a relative that lives there. His name is John Collins. And a couple of years ago, he went to the chief and said, hey, you know, like, what's up with her application? Like, our criteria is arbitrary. Like, you know, we have common ancestry. I don't understand what's going on. Not too long after that, he's like walking home from the river um, wherever he was, he was walking around the reservation heading home and he gets like kind of jumped by another member who like starts attacking him. And he's like, the guy starts, you know, yelling at him, saying all this stuff. And he's like, you got to be the dumbest mother effer here. And he's like attacking him. He's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, you know, what's going on? He's like, you have to be the dumbest mother effer here for trying to help a bunch of N-words move back. And he was floored because the only person he's only talked about one person's application and it was mine. And he only talked to the chief. So after the attack, you know, he goes to the King William County Sheriff's Department and, you know, um, tries to get a protective order against him, a restraining order. And then he, on top of going through that, you know, the chief and council find out about this and John gets sanctioned. And I believe he was punished for taking it to an outside court. Either way, fast forward to 2020, he lost his voice and vote, so he can't speak up. And then also, when my article came out in February in the, in the Richmond Free Press, around that time that, you know, former or current chief Robert Gray was, you know, asked questions by the reporter, John receives a letter in the mail essentially saying you need to either A, submit to psych a psychiatric evaluation, or two, we're going to banish you from the tribe. All within like a week of the reporter, you know, like reaching out to the chief, reaching out to me and writing the story. He received that letter. And you know, what they're going to say is that, oh, you can't prove that Lori's letter had anything to do with the black law, although the black law was still in the books during this time. And the only reason that they were enrolled was because they held on to the letters and used it later on as like, you know, leverage, like, you know, hey, we still have these, by the way. Um, Lori actually writes a letter to Governor Gilmore and says <clears throat> uh, she's she's essentially begging him for help and, it's, and it gets down to it and says I feel this decision was an open act of racism I have since found out that the tribal law states if any member marries other than white or Indian he or she is no longer considered a member of the Pamunkey tribe 
No law should be able to erase my Indian heritage based on who I marry. By no means is this an attempt to receive a membership card. It is an attempt to change a law that is an open act of discrimination and to encourage an investigation into the legalities of such a law. For context, I think it's important to note that that Lori letter, because I don't know if that context was given initially, was that her two sons that were accepted were considered white. Correct. And then her because she had it, her her son that did not get accepted was part black. Correct. Jasmine. Yes. So, I mean, just for context, because I don't think we went into that before you said that letter, that it's important to note that that's why her two white sons received received enrollment, but her and her half black son did not, or third black son, because he's also Pamunkey as well, or, you know, did not receive enrollment. And it was intentional. And I'll tell you that initially when she applied, they denied all of them. Yeah. And did the same thing like they did to me, write an appeal, you know, and then, you know, we'll revisit. So when she did that, you know, they said, you know, we'll take your two white sons, but you and your black son, you're not getting enrolled. And it stayed that way until they were in the federal recognition process. And she had the former chief come over to her house and they had, you know, a meeting. And she said, hey, we still have these letters. And he brings them back to the tribe, including the tribe's attorney, or not brings the letters back because Lori has those letters under lock and key. She doesn't let them out of her house. Um, but they have a meeting and she, they're like, you know, we, he's like, he kind of uses her having those letters as leverage to get her and her sister enrolled um, into the tribe. And he, I remember him telling me that he had to, you know, kind of say to her, you know, Lori, we can't get, you know, all of you guys' kid on. Let me go through one battle at a time. The main thing is getting you and your sister enrolled and we'll work on getting your, your grand, your um, children enrolled later. And so he had to use, you know, you know, she has this letter, guys. If it gets out, that you know, it is not going to be the best. For Brother Fred, you got a question, right? Brother Fred, you got a question for Jasmine? Un- unmute yourself, brother. You muted me. I didn't mute myself. You muted me. And it just said at the top that the host has unmuted your mic. So you just unmuted me. Can you hear me right now? Bro, ask your question, man. Ask your question. <laughs> or make your statement. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you, man. Make your statement, bro. Oh, all right. True indeed. Stop weighing in on what uh, the sister uh, Jasmine Anderson was saying when she, and I'm paraphrasing, these weren't her exact words, but when she spoke of the anti-marriage laws that the Pamunkey Nation had on the books that mirrored the Racial Integrity Act of Virginia, which uh, was something that uh, well, it's something that was came up with by someone named Walter Walter Pleckler, if I'm pronouncing uh, his name correctly in the tribe. I'm sorry, Walter Plecker. Yeah, uh, Walter Pleckler. So I just wanted to ask you: Is that what you were touching on when you stated that um, your one son? Who was a one ancestry was was able to to become a member versus others who were kept out. So, so now, like this is 1999, right? When these letters are going right. out, on. and Walter Plecker had been dead for quite some time before 1999, right? 1947. He he he'd been right. gone for about years by the time those letters went out. 
And Walter yeah, Clucker, yeah. So no, Walter Clucker had nothing to do with it. No, that's um, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you was the anti-marriage laws that the Pamunkey Nation had on the books was related to the Racial Integrity Act that was authored by this individual, Walter Plecker. So I was saying, is that what had something to do with what you were speaking about? About them enforcing the the Black laws? Yeah. Okay, well, they started doing that before Plecker was born. That started happening, the Civil War, Nat Turner's Rebellion, all of these things led up to them having these laws, which you were either too dark, you got the boot, or if you affiliated or had children or married um, an African-American, you got the boot. Or if someone in your family, really close to your family, it's like your whole line, like they did with their petition, got the boot. Interesting, right. interesting, interesting, interesting. I got you. And... and the reason I was asking that was because the article that I shared with uh, Mr. Varner from the Philadelphia Tribune said that the the anti-marriage laws that the Pamunkey Nation came up with was due to the Racial Integrity Act. So that's where we were getting that information from. But now hearing you say that they were doing it before Walter Pleckler was born. So that's uh, interesting. We weren't aware of that. So. The Supreme Court loving ruling shot those laws down anyway. And so they kept it. Yeah, Loving versus Virginia, 1967. Yeah, so they kept it on the books after the Supreme Court told Virginia that they shut it down and Pamunkey kept it on the books and no one questioned it. And it's important to understand that these black codes, black ordinance, black laws, however you want to call them, were late seven, like 1760 through the early 1800s were when they were trying to ensure that us is not us because I want that. But newly free black folks did not have the same freedom. So it was this. This was from jump. This was the moment this these codes, laws or ordinances started when they said, oh, y'all, y'all think y'all about to be free. We're going to we're going to write it just like we see today. We're going to put it we're going to put it in policy that you do not have the same rights or are not as you are not equal in any way, shape or form. So, Jackie, what should we do? What should we do? I live in Virginia Beach, but I have friends in Norfolk. What should I tell my friends in Norfolk? You know, Brother Conrad already tapped in. Hey, salute to the Queen of Z Dungy. Uh, I think she's a she's family. Uh, so you and Jazz. Yeah, so yeah, in this the black laws and the the racial integrity and all that stuff, it came out of like fear, right? Yeah, because, absolutely. Right. Oh, y'all are mixing with black. We're going to take your land. Yep. And they would, you know, people in the county would write letters and they would say, you know what, they're black over there, so I don't know why they're claiming Indian status. We need, you know, I want their land. So give me their land. And so what turned, you know, what started as fear and self-preservation turned into hatred like it over time it like mutated in into hatred and in self-hatred and then kind of like we can't in any way even in 2020 really kind of be affiliated with black people i mean it's like it's something that has been ingrained like we talk about trauma being passed down and that is kind of like what's happening here although really it's not an excuse because it's 2020 you can educate yourself you know it was wrong and you stop it from continuing because why, you know, you were also, we talked about Walter Plecker and he's oftentimes used as an excuse for behavior. And we talk about how, you know, it was an effort. We had, you know, the tribes had to protect themselves, but he's dead. 
And there's no reason now for that to still be an excuse. Um, so while it initially it started out as self-preservation, now it's it's just you're being racist now. You know, I want to tap in and say uh, when I'm looking at Walter Plecker, he resented people of African descent who passed, as he said, passed as Native Americans. And so, yeah, this guy was... Uh, Can I just say that all the Indians in the state were gone? And he actually made a list of surnames of Native families in all the counties. And he was like, if this person comes in or they're born or whatever, and they write Indian on their, you know, you change it back. You change it to black or colored or mulatto or whatever. And so he actually has a list. And in King William County, it's like Dungey, Collins, Almond, May, you know, Miles, Custello, and it has all the native names for the county. And my family name is actually on the on there with all the other um, surnames affiliated with the tribes in the county. Hey, I also want to say that if you go to Black Improvement Blogging, our blog spot page, you can go to the Norfolk Virginia Casino is their anti-black racism by the Pamunkey Indians and the information that Sister Jasmine was just sharing you can click on the Google Drive link and you'll be able to pull up the document for yourself if you want to see it yourself you want to see it for yourself we have the documents we have the documents we have the sister uh, the sister's letter here um, uh, from Lori Harris that Jasmine was speaking about earlier we have all the documents waiting for you because we want to show that this has to end. This has to end. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to say this. I want to now kind of go into a conversation yeah. about, you know, what should we do as November 3rd is forthcoming? November 3rd is forthcoming. So for all of us who are saying we need tangibles for our vote. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yep. I'm a hotel. And I'm saying we need tangibles for our votes. This is a tangible. And we need to say to the city of Norfolk, if you're on code, if you're not fully supporting all of us, we're going to have to step back until you get yourself correct. City of Norfolk, we would love to have this beautiful casino and employ all the great people that it's going to employ and bring all the great revenue that's going to bring. But we need to get this fixed first. I think that's what we need to do, but I'm not a. I don't live no. in Norfolk anymore. Jackie, what do you say? Because I know. You- so, so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm purview, right? Like you already know that I'm on team vote no because this was all wrong from the jump. This is just another egregious sort of part of this deal itself. First, I would say if you guys looked at that clip that you were talking about earlier, they mentioned about the sovereignty, the sovereign immunity that they have or don't have. And let me just state the facts on that. They are claiming sovereign immunity on page, I think, 60 of this disclosure form. They waive that only partially in the disclosure agreement on page. Let me get the page right. Page 15 HB. Why that matters specifically with the with the practices that they have within their own organization, within their own own entity because again doing business with the tribe is like doing business with Canada or doing business with France and they have their own own code on things to live by we can't tell them how to run their stuff however we can get we can combat racism through economic development like we, we can we can shut some stuff down so what I would say is the implications that they have right now what's happening to Jasmine should definitely be a flag to say no because we can't determine how they operate uh, their employment loss, right? What's that's going to look like? They've told us that they're going to employ um, 
50% of the people minority, but are unwilling, unwilling to outline what minority means. <laughs> minority is also a woman. Um, and we know that they will be giving tribal preference, which is they have the right to do. But what happens when that tribal preference said, well, we just got to, we are more minority is all of our people from, from that, that have the, their cards. I don't know what it's called, Jasmine. Don't let me talk, speak wrong. But our minority is everybody who's got their tribal preference card or saying that they are part of a tribe. So they won't even outline that. So I'm talking, what I'm saying is that you, I, I'm for the people, one, but I am especially for black people. And when I see that this is doing a disservice to our community, not only that, that the business partner is just flat out doing everything they can to not fix a, a problem. I think Conrad had in there, like, what's the fix? The fix is to do like everybody else did. Have a waiver. Understand that the system was jacked up. Yes, we're going to have to there. We're going to have to jump through some hoops to make sure that we get the P. Everyone gets an opportunity to be a part of claiming their heritage. And yes, that's going to require some work in their documents. It says, I think Jasmine, it says even it says reasonably, reasonably, um, um, who can reasonably prove that they're Pamunkey Indian, correct? There's like a blurb in there that says that you can, if you can reasonably prove, then they would still allow you, but but still you're not in there. So like to me, it's, this is this is calculated. And so I can To say, like, oh, look, we gave her an opportunity and she couldn't cut this one either. So she can't be Pamunkey. And what they're failing to even tell the Pamunkey community, what I mean by that is enrolled members, is that, they stacked the cards against me already because the documentation that they submitted to the federal government did not include my family and that exclusion was intentional. They intentionally and purposely retroactively removed my family from the documents. And they did that. And the former chief admitted that that took place. So the comment... Sorry. I'm sorry, but the comment just said that, you know, they they can't blatantly go against... Um, uh, U.S. law, but their own lawyer told them during a the process, "Don't worry, can't nobody mess with your sovereignty. You can do what you want to do. We we gonna have your back." The, the thing that gets me to Norfolk is that you know I was trying to get this out to the mayor and to city council members last year, and one, they lied. They were willing. The chief was willing to lie to a congressman and say, to his knowledge, to his knowledge, the law had never been enforced. He was on council when that letter was written. That's number one. So if he's willing to mislead or misrepresent facts to a, a, a congresswoman or the Department of Justice or the DOI or whomever, um, then what, what do you think you're going to do to some to uh, everyday to, citizens? Yeah, like come on, like we can't get trouble for lying to y'all. It's my thing. Sorry, and, Fred, Fred, yeah, Fred, I just like to Hey, I wanted to say this. Um, What I find very interesting is is that in 2020, we're having a conversation about equal protections of the laws, about everybody being equal. And, you know, it's really sad that the tribal chief, I think that's who Ms. Anderson was talking about, where he was using the N-word, saying that someone wants to bring... Um, the N-word back into the tribe. In 2020, a leader is talking like this. And here, this is a tribe, if I'm not mistaken, that is asking for something or asking for some recognition uh, from the state or from the Fed. But here, they're not even adhering to what the supreme law of the land says, which is the Constitution, 
where the 14th Amendment guarantees guarantees equal protections of the laws to everyone. So here you are showing proof that you have standing with the tribe, speaking of, of Miss Jasmine Anderson. And this is 2020, not 1920. And here she has to go through hell and high water, and it's just like, you know, like what what and like where are we going with this? And it's just like, how can you ask for something? How can you ask for something from an entity where you're not even honoring a, their document, you know, which is the Constitution? It's just like, it's just unbelievable, you know? And, and, and then we're still, we're still, we're still calling people by names that delude to their previous condition of servitude, like Negro, Black. You see, these are all slave brandings that should have been done away with when the Reconstruction Amendments to the Constitution were lawfully passed and ratified, which is the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and the 15th Amendment, which got rid of slavery, which gave everybody uh, uh, equal protections of the laws, abolished slavery, and gave everyone the right to suffrage. So it's just it's just unbelievable, you know? Yep. Jackie, uh, Jackie, you're muted. Tell us about this article. Tell us about this article. I'll tell you about it. But what he just said speaks to the seduction of white supremacy, right? It speaks to people nuzzling up and really feeling comfortable and the, the way of life that we're supposed to live is rooted in white supremacy. The only reason why they're behaving this way is because of white supremacy. And so that article that you're seeing there was from, um, was from uh, our article or that 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 post was because when their lawyer their their lawyer during the federal recognition process his name is Mark Tilden right and 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 Mark told knew about the black law when they were doing their federal recognition but he told the chief at the time who was Bill Miles and the council that yeah, they got the sovereign right they're sovereign they got the right to 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 put to have whoever they want to determine what their enrollment criteria is. And then if anybody tried to to sort of challenge their sovereignty on how they enroll people, he got their back. And so I'm of the the opinion that anybody who was around this situation that knew what was up needs to be held to the fire. To include Mark Tilden, who's still practicing law. To include Bill Miles, who is still breathing on this earth today. Like, they had an opportunity to make it right, and they're not. Because they, they don't want they, they don't. White supremacy has said that black is not right, and there are some people who still subscribe to that. But I just think that we owe ourselves a, again. What I say, discrimination becomes bad when it's not profitable. I think the people in the city of Norfolk have the opportunity to show that discrimination should not be profitable in our city and not allow them to have a, a casino. Hmm. Well. Well, I think I already know your answer, Jasmine. I just want to ask it again for those who tapped in a little late. We're meeting and having a conversation with Jasmine Anderson from the uh, who's fighting for. You know what? I'll, I'll let you say it again because we have a couple people who just jumped in. Um, so, Jasmine, introduce yourself very, very quickly again, and what you're fighting for, and would do you want the citizens of Norfolk to vote yes or no? I would prefer and I would like for the citizens of Norfolk to vote no against the casino until the issues of continued racism are addressed. 
And I need people to understand that I am for tribal sovereignty. I believe that tribes have absolutely every single right to get into whatever business, whether it be gaming, hemp, starting up IT companies, whatever, to bring revenue into the tribe, to further the tribe. I absolutely believe that. What I don't believe is in fraud. What I don't believe is the misrepresentation of facts and history. It's like when this whole casino thing started, they were saying that Norfolk was their their traditional territory as well. No, it wasn't. You, you know, the only monkeys that were historically anything in that area wow. was my family. And they were still from King William County. And, you know, what's, what's bothersome is that people, and I, and I think it's just like, you know, the, the distance, you know, you can be Native American and I don't, you know, but I, I believe that you can either be Native American or you can have some Native ancestry. And I was raised Native. I, I'm an indigenous woman. I have always been Pamunkey. My mom used to embarrass me coming to school in kindergarten and telling everybody, we're Native and we're Pamunkey. We come from the tribe of Palatine. And she would bring all this stuff into school every, you know, and then every time you talk about Thanksgiving or something, the teacher looks at you all, makes it all awkward and wants to know your opinion or, you know, what your family does. And so it's, I've always been, I've always been Pamunkey and I have never had issues with it until it came to trying to go home to my own people. And they're like, you can't come here, you black. Your family did too much to help black people. Y'all crossed the line, we don't want you here. And it's like, uh, people get agitated. And, you know, I know I, I get the question asked all the time. Like, why do you want to be part of a community that does not want you? And the answer to that is simply like, you don't choose your family. I didn't choose them, just like they did not choose me. But what can't happen is I can't take my ancestors' blood, I can't take their blood and I can't remove it from me, just like they can't remove my blood from them. My my blood being tied to this land is, is what makes me an indigenous woman. And quite frankly, my aunt is 101 years old. Her picture. She's 101 years old. She was born not too far from the reservation in King William County. And they're literally telling this woman that she can't be a member of the world. Like, literally. Like, I, you know, I can't even just the, 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 this, the dishonesty and the rewriting of history, you know, as indigenous people and even people of color, we get upset when history is rewritten all the time. Like when when slavery is the impacts of slavery are lessened when they're telling the story in school, when, when the, the fights that native people had to endure when colonizers came to this. It, it's always rewritten a certain way to make it look like it was necessary. And so we, we get upset when we talk about the er, um, erasing of, you know, of trauma or hurt that we all experienced. But here is the Pamunkey rewriting history, well, committing fraud, in my opinion, to exclude my family who were members of the community. And, and Norfolk should vote no. It shouldn't even be on the ballot. You can't say that you support, you know, people of color, black people, native people and you're supporting them being racist. And quite frankly, weaponizing tribal sovereignty against your own people is anti-Indian, it's anti-Indigenous, and it's anti-First Nation. So what they are doing to me is anti-themselves because I am their family and they are mine. And it's 2020 and I should be allowed to come home. I should be able to go over there and be welcomed by my relatives. I shouldn't have to sneak over to my cousin's house so we don't get attacked. You know, and just, hey, I'm outside, I'm coming, you know. It's just, I don't even take my daughters over there anymore because I'm worried about retaliation. 
And then, you know, it's, it's like passive aggressive sometimes. And in my cousin's case, it was just flat out aggressive. But there's been things like the chief and I are not friends. We're not Facebook friends. We're not friends with social media. I've never been to his house. He's never been to my house. You know, we're not Facebook friends. And he goes on my Facebook page not too long after they meet with the congresswoman and all this stuff is coming out and I'm and putting things on Facebook about it. He goes on my Facebook page and he likes a picture of my five-year-old daughter that I reached there from a year, a year ago, a couple of days prior. He goes on my Facebook page and goes to the picture of my five-year-old daughter in her school uniform in front of her school and likes it. Now, as a mom and as a woman, I'm not taking that as, oh, he just thought my, my kid was a cute kid. This man detests me. So why are you on my page liking a picture of my child, if not but to try to intimidate me because you don't like that I'm coming out and speaking proof? All right. So we're with Jasmine Anderson, Queen Jasmine Anderson. Um, we're, we're at the time we're coming to our last words. So. Brother Conrad Shesvin, who's running for the City Council of Virginia Beach. Uh, any last words before we close up? What are your last thoughts? I'll sum up by bringing it back to uh, a thought uh, Jackie briefly touched on, that this seems like um, the group wants to sort of mirror um, the power of uh, what has been the history of white colonialism here by making these laws in the first place. And with the European colonials um, history in this country, that is not the group you would really want to buddy up with in terms of trying to copy your laws with. Um, it should be more of the reverse. All right. Thank you, Brother Conrad. Uh, Frederick Jones L. Last words, brother. What are your last words for tonight? Um... Yeah, uh, just kind of to camera walk with uh, what the discussion is about. It's it's you know again, you know it's sad that that um you know we seem to be so divided based on uh, heritage, complexion, right? If you don't have the right complexion for the connection, because I think that was the thing that um, Ms. Anderson has spoke about not not directly, but you know from what I gathered from what she was saying about a situation that was going on with our children. And it's just, you know, people need to grow up already. You know, we need to evolve uh, as a nation, right? A one nation under God. Um, again, uh, slavery was done away with, all right, with the Reconstruction Amendments. Um, and, you know, being that that is something that came about um, during the post-Civil War of time, all of the tags that delude to so-called black people's previous condition of servitude should be no more. And this is why a lot of white, so-called white Southerners were fighting to, to not have the, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments uh, ratified. So we just need to evolve, man. I mean, if we're really going to be what these documents say, you see, we you get these guys that get into these positions, whether they're tribal chiefs, whether they're uh, politicians or statesmen, and they swear oaths on these documents, and they aren't even the embodiment of, um, you see, what this, these things say that they swear upon. So it's gotcha. time for us to meet the challenge, step up to the plate, and be who you say you are. Grow up, and it's time. So. And good stuff, good stuff. You can find Brother Frederick Jones L on Our Black Improvement on YouTube. He has a playlist 
uh, called The Indian Problem. It's three videos, and we actually dove into the problems that we talked about with the black laws, and not just how it impacted the Pamunkey, but how it impacted my Cherokee, how it impacted the Muscogee, the Creek, and a bunch of others. So it's really interesting. Um, Jackie, last words, last words. Um, I would say my last words is um, in 2020, we don't get to separate ourselves from who we do our business with. In this case, if it was, as Jasmine had mentioned, other, if it was David Duke or if it was Donald Trump in the black community, we would be in uprising. And so going along with this casino deal and saying yes, because we want to have fun is the same as saying that there's an acceptable level of racism for economic development. And I don't believe that there is an acceptable level. So I will be voting no. Um, and I do believe that if we if we are who we say we are and we're about what we say we're about and for each other, then this is an opportunity for us to galvanize, particularly in our city, around an issue and, and make a change. This this is this is historic. So I'm urging folks to write to uh, mayor at Norfolk.gov, to write to sea council at Norfolk.gov and, and ask them what's up. Ask them about Jesse Dungy. Ask them about William Brisby. Ask, ask these questions about why, why we are still trying to push forward with a business partner who we have not, who we have not vet, that I don't think that, that we haven't vetted. Because in the conversation I've had is we don't we didn't know that much about them. Who does that? That sounds backwards. So I think that there's an opportunity to put some pressure on some of the city leadership um, to make it happen, to, to slow it down, to pump the brakes and to make uh, the Pamunkey do right. There is no acceptable level of racism, period, period, period. for economic development, period, period, period. All right. And our topic of tonight was heavily around Queen Jasmine Anderson. Uh, so, Jasmine, last words. Everyone, when they're looking at what happened in history and how, you know, whether, um, you know, you're talking about the Nazis or you're talking about people being lynched or you're talking about um, the Dakota 32. um, And I'm sorry if I'm not saying things correctly. I'm like really trying to hold back emotions. But everyone, everyone talks about, um, you know, what they would do if they were there, how they would punch a Nazi in the face or, you know, how they would cut the rope down to save their relatives. And we all like talk this big game, right, about how we would be involved and how we would stop injustice and and do all that. And, you know, there's an opportunity to do that in this situation. And, you know, I hope that people you know, choose wisely because now here's an actual opportunity to be on the right side of history, to push for real change. Um, and it would be a historic thing for my family to be able to go come home to the tribe. But, you know, we don't, you know, it's kind of, you know, where people are stuck and it's, there's, here's your chance. Here's your chance to address, um, these issues and here's your chance to be on the right side of history beautiful here's your chance Norfolk Norfolk here's your chance we have the opportunity on November 3rd to uh, do the right thing so 
And Spike Lee says, let's do the right thing. Hey, thank you for watching the Beach Brothers show. Thank you for watching Get On Code, the Fly Guys show. Thank you for checking out with one of the political conversations on the Hampton Roads Black Caucus. Good night, everybody. You know what to do on November 3rd. Take care. Stay fly, 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 stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay conscious. Stay fly. Hey.